Good afternoon to all listeners of the NDC Heartbeat Program in the trial and state of Grenada, which includes Carco and Pity Martinique and indeed all our dependencies. Our program time today is from 12 through 1. Today I'm pleased to be your host and my name is Terry Forrester. For today's program, we are pleased to present to you an in-depth interview which I held with Ms. Claudette Joseph, local practicing attorney and the PRO for the National Democratic Congress Party, as we delve into the matter regarding the recent resignation by former Ambassador-at-Large Warren Newfield. We also touched on the statement made by Prime Minister Mitchell in Parliament on Friday. We also went into the letter which Mr. Newfield filed with the Ministry of Foreign Affairs, along other matters, including the recently announced progress being made between the unions and government regarding the 4% salary increase. We also will hear from former Prime Minister Tillman Thomas, as he too weighed in on the issue regarding the resignation by former Ambassador Newfield. Stay tuned. Interesting program. democracy. It's easy. Just Google NDC Grenada. Click the donate button on the NDC website. Click the amount you want to donate. Enter your card details and you're done. Thank you for donating to democracy from the National Democratic Congress, putting people first. Here now is the extensive interview which I held with Ms. Claudette Joseph. Good afternoon, Claudette. Uh, thank you very much again for agreeing to be on Heartbeat. Uh, Claudette Joseph is the PRO of the National Democratic Congress and local practice, practicing attorney. And um, Claudette, we'd like to delve into this most unfortunate development in Grenada, the resignation of former Ambassador Warren Newfield. And um, for the benefit of our listeners, I would like to read the letter which he tendered to the Minister of Foreign Affairs, the Honorable Oliver Joseph. So let me just quickly go through it. Um, It was dated May 20th and addressed to the Honorable Oliver Joseph, Minister of Foreign Affairs, Grenada. Dear Minister Joseph, it is with great sorrow, but with absolute conviction of no other option that I write this letter to tender my official resignation as Ambassador-at-Large and Consul general to Florida on behalf of Grenada. It has been an honor and privilege to serve the people of Grenada these past six years without pay or other compensation in helping attract several foreign investors to the island as well as major hospitality, 
leisure and other businesses. From my office in Miami, I have had the privilege of heading one of only three missions to officially represent our island in the United States. Our efforts were paying off in the form of significant new tourism development projects and real estate investment, among other areas. Grenada and its citizens have become extremely dear to me. As a Grenada citizen myself, I have undertaken my duties with a strong sense of responsibility to help advance economic growth, business opportunity, and investment to our island. These efforts have resulted in the creation of several hundred jobs. Unfortunately, conditions in Grenada have changed drastically in the past few years. The country's leadership, previously having the country's best interests at heart, was welcoming to foreign investment and economic development, but has been transformed into an anti-business regime. This is evident by the recent ICSID award of 65 million US dollars against the government of Grenada due to its breaching its agreement with the controlling shareholder of Grenlick. It is little wonder that in the 2020 survey by the World Bank assessing ease of doing business in countries globally, Grenada ranked number 146 out of 190 nations, the fourth worst performance in the entire Americas region, with only Venezuela, Haiti, and Suriname receiving worse status. I have seen this deterioration firsthand. My own business interests are hardly the only ones to be damaged by the regime's disregard for investor rights. The government has breached agreements with other businesses, other than the recent fiasco with Grenlake, only needs to look at the government's attempt to expropriate the Rex Hotel. I am proud of the spirit with which we began our mission and of the progress we made in getting world-class investors and brands to see the best in Grenada. However, my position as both ambassador and consul general has become untenable. I can no longer serve in good conscience as Grenada's business and diplomatic representative abroad. I hope you and others will take this action as it is intended, as an appeal to restore reason and the rule of law to the government and bring us back to a place where progress is possible in Grenada. I wish nothing more than a level and rational playing field for those who wish to do business, creating jobs and grow the economy in order to ensure a bright future for the youth of our wonderful country. Sincerely, W. Newfield. And this was submitted on the 20th of May by former Ambassador Newfield. Claudette, your thoughts on this letter, 
But um, we will also go with the Prime Minister's, we will also air the Prime Minister's statement in Parliament on Friday. Uh, before we go to his statement, uh, which he uttered, would you like to make any comments on this letter by former Ambassador Newfield, especially in light of the allegations made by Prime Minister Mitchell in his comments at Parliament on Friday? Terry, good afternoon to you and good afternoon to all our listeners on the Heartbeat Programme once more. Seems as though I'm here with you every week. <laughs> well, you've yes. got lots to deal, lots to deal with. <laughs> Special good afternoon to all of the people of Grenada and especially to the people of the town of St. George. Now, um, I look at this letter and with these things there's always some more stuff happening behind the scenes that is not, you know, divulged publicly. Mm -hmm. But what I can, certain things strike me about this letter, and I will speak more to Prime Minister's response right. um, a little later, which I found to be quite disgraceful in one word, mm -hmm. um, very much so. This letter strikes me in, in, in a particular way in that it's, it speaks truth. It speaks some truth that we all know and that we in the NDC have been articulating for quite some time. Right. And it is even more impactful when those truths are spoken by an active investor mm -hmm. in the country. And from what the Prime Minister said in Parliament, this investor is not only tendering his resignation as an, as an ambassador, but he is also looking to offload or sell his investment in Grenada. Yeah, I think is... I heard the Prime Minister say yeah. so in Parliament. Mm -hmm. And that speaks volumes. Now, he's, he points to a few things in, in the letter. First of all, he said... When he first came here in 2015 to do business, he was under the impression that the government was sincere right. about inviting um, foreign investors and having the people's interest at heart. Right. Um, he goes on to say that it, has, it is now clear to him mm -hmm that this government has transformed into an anti-business regime. Well, the thing about it <coughs> is, yeah? He was also making the point here in, the, in the, 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 his last paragraph, the first page. He states, the country's leadership, previously having the country's best interests at mm -hmm, heart, mm -hmm. was welcoming to foreign investment, etc., etc., so but he's talking about a previous, mm -hmm. what in his mind was yes. something... Well, I'm glad you put it he... that way in his mind, because perhaps when he just came to Grenada, yeah. what he didn't know is that he was getting into business with an anti-business regime. They were already yeah. anti-business. Mm -hmm. the, in fact, the two, the two examples he cites, and that's not, those are not the only examples, the examples he cites, the WRB mm -hmm. um, investors in Grenlec, and the Rex Grenadian, right. the rift 
and the bad treatment of those two investors happened or started long before um, Mr. Newfield yeah, came, came here to do business. Yeah. So when <clears throat> when he says that he um, that he thought they were welcoming the foreign investors and, and whatnot, mm. that's because he didn't know who he was dealing yeah, with. Precisely. So he's now discovered that he's dealing with an anti-business, yep. an anti-investor regime. And I am glad that an investor yeah. has come out and said this, because this is something that the NDC has been flagging for a while. In other words, a fresh peer vice. Exactly. And somebody who has had first-hand yeah. experience first-hand of doing experience business in it. Grenada. Um, so we're talking of, of um, him coming to the realization mm-hmm. that you're dealing with an anti business um, government. Mm-hmm. This is what we in the NDC know, know and yeah. this is what we have been saying to the people of Grenada. And many in Grenada already already know. Right? Um, he also flags in that letter another fact that we are performing extremely poorly. Yeah. We are performing worst in the in the OECS, mm-hmm. we are performing worst in CARICOM, yep. and in the Western Hemisphere, yep. we are only performing better than Venezuela and Haiti. Haiti. Gee whiz. Right? And Suriname. Which is a dictatorship run right? country in, in South America. In terms of the ease of doing business yep. ranking. And he says in that letter, this... This ranking that we have is not good for investment in Grenada. But explain, it adversely affects investment in Grenada. Explain to the listeners the process as to what takes place when the entity responsible for carrying out such, what process do they use in determining your ease of doing business? Well, the... This is, a, this is an exercise that takes place every year by the World Bank. Mm-hmm. It's, it's under the auspices of the World Bank. Yeah. And what happens is that businesses in each country are asked to do a survey. People actually doing business in the country, right. they are asked <laughs> to do a survey. And it's a long questionnaire. Mm-hmm. They ask you in terms of how easy it is to register your business, how easy it is to get concessions, to get approvals, licenses, um, the reliability reliability of things like the internet, the electricity, efficiency of government departments, the -hmm. court system, you know, if you have a matter in the court, how long it takes to process through the system. Mm -hmm. um, In fact, from the start of the business, To doing business, dealing with all the different government agencies That's and right. whatnot, you know, yeah. how, the tax, the taxation, climate, everything, right down to how easy it is to wind up your business operations if you choose to do so. Right. So it's a broad questionnaire, and, and it is the business community right. operating this, in the country that answers these questions. This is what I wanted to get clear. This mm-hmm. is a reflection of how the business community thinks. Yes, how easy it is to do business yeah. in Grenada. The business community operating. How frustrating it is right. under and the administration of exactly. Keith Mitchell. Exactly. But when, right. when we listen to Prime Minister Mitchell mm-hmm. in the parliament venting that this gentleman 
is calling for a change of leadership. I'm trying to figure out in this letter where in this letter he is making such a statement. Well, I don't see anywhere in the letter <laughs> that the, um, the former ambassador is calling for a change of leadership in the country. Um, in fact, there is only one place in the letter that the word leadership is used. Where he says, unfortunately, conditions in Grenada have changed drastically in the past few years. The country's leadership, previously having the country's best interests at heart, was welcoming to foreign investment and economic development, but has been transformed into an anti-business regime. Yeah. That's what. So that's, that's all the he only said. area where he used the word leadership. Leadership or speaks to the to the. Um, so it is obvious that Dr. Mitchell misread this letter. And he's feeling so guilty of the fact that he has done such an awful job in Grenada over the past 25 years as Prime Minister that he feels guilty. But Terry, you're being kind to Dr. Mitchell. Ooh. He's putting a spin on it that is that, that is not evident on the face of the letter. Right? He, he fails to address the real issues yep. that were flagged mm -hmm. in the letter. Yeah. He didn't stand in our parliament and say... We are, do, we are taking one, two, three, four, five steps, mm -hmm. right, to improve our ranking on the ease of doing business index. Right. In 2012, mm -hmm. right? In fact, let me go back a bit. When the NDC came in office, Grenada was at 100 and I think somewhere around 136 thereabouts, mm -hmm. right? I seem to recall. Out of yeah. 100 and... <laughs> 90 countries. Mm -hmm. The ease of doing business is done out of 190 countries around the world. First yeah. and second world countries. Right? And we were somewhere down in the 130s or somewhere around there mm -hmm. when the NDC came in office in 2008. By 2012, we, have moved, we had moved up. Mm -hmm. We had moved up to mm -hmm. 70. Right. We had moved up to 70. I think the only country in the entire Caribbean that was scoring higher than us at that time was Jamaica. I think Jamaica was at 68 or 69, and mm -hmm. we were right below them. Right. So we had surpassed all the other Caribbean countries in and terms of... That information of can be cross-checked with respect to the World Bank. Oh, yes, it's on the, world, it's on the we yes. world Bank website. And the relevant unit mm -hmm. in the Ministry of Finance was, was specifically charged to do what has to be done. And I remember... Among other things, one of the things the, the government then did was to revamp the whole, the whole process of um, making it easier to register and incorporate companies and so right. by setting up a, a totally different um, corporate and intellectual property office and, uh -huh. and outfitting it and so. Right. They amended the, the um, intellectual property laws and upgraded a lot of the stuff, the Banking uh -huh. Act and all of that. Okay. Right? So certain things were done. Because with the ease of doing business ranking, they look at your the, your, your legislation, how antiquated they are, how efficient they are. If they even if mm -hmm. they're modern, how efficient they are, that kind of thing. Right. So, certain certain specific steps were taken to uh -huh. improve on right. our ranking on that index because that is what the index is what would guide investors, mm -hmm. right? Because when this investor came in here in 2013 or 2015, thereabout, we were not down at 146, 46. right? We not were not yet. down there yet. We, we, we keep sliding yeah. every year. Mm -hmm. So investors want serious and legitimate investors who want to come into our country. That's one of the things they look at.
they go to the World Bank website and they look at how we are performing. And it's a full report. It's a big, thick report. Yeah. And you see how you score on each on each tier mm-hmm. and what are the things um, that that are taken into consideration. And I'll tell you something. As badly as we do continuously under the NNP, one area we always score very high is the reliability of electricity. Electricity, yeah. That's, that's, one, of the, well, that's one of the factors. <clears throat> yeah. And Grenada always scores very high among the world. Mm-hmm. That wouldn't be the case so much longer. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. I know many Grenadians notice the frequency now with which we have outages. Yeah. We have very frequent power outages in Grenada now. So rather than Prime Minister Mitchell stand in the parliament and say to the nation, these things were flagged in the letter, right? Yeah. Our, our bad performance in the ease of doing business ranking. And government is going to address this in this particular way. Um, the fact that the way we treated WRB and Rex Grenadian and other investors mm-hmm. is viewed <coughs> as anti-business and anti-investor. And we're going to rectify this. We're going to do something to rebuild our image. But He doesn't do that. He takes it but, personal. But it's amazing that he, up to today, had not seen the, the action taken by his government with respect to WRB has been a bad one. Of course. I, it's terrible. <laughs> Something is wrong with this guy's mind. <laughs> terrible. <laughs> um, Dipcon. Look at Dipcon. I mean, the, the anti-investor behavior was been going on for a long time. Yeah, Dipcon, right? Dipcon engineering, was 19, they were thrown out. Yeah, 1996, that, um, 97, place. thereabout. It's always Keith Mitchell and Gregory Boyd, yeah. mind you, always, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Um, the, 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 the bad image of Grenada for doing business with the collapse of the whole offshore banking sector, yeah. right? How, how, how many hundreds, thousands of Americans and other people around yeah. the world were swindled, allowed to be swindled, aided and abetted by our system that we set up here, mm-hmm. right? Um, you, you only have to read the book by Owen Platt, One Big Fib, yep. where the allegation in the book was that the, the FBI... When they came down here to try to investigate some of the perpetrators of the first bank um, um, scam, they were blocked by the authorities here mm-hmm. from doing so. Yeah. So um, it's amazing. It has been an anti-investor climate for a while, and and we are in, we in the NDC are relieved that someone who does not have a political interest to serve, an investor, yeah. who would I'm sure rather work with the government. Is coming forward to say, look, I can't do this anymore. This government is just too anti-investor. They ignore investors' rights. He mentioned that in the letter. Mm-hmm. They're not. They're not good for my for my um, project. And I'm gonna. I'm. I'm out. Right. So it's not just us now. See. Okay. All right. Well, let us let us now listen to the prime minister's utterances at the parliament on Friday morning. Imagine a white man coming and tell we must change the government of Grenada. Could you believe this? This. His character, if I was in the street, I'd say another word. He's telling us that we must change the government of the country, the leadership of the country. Not the people must do it. He's telling people what to do. The, the hostility, the anger tells you something. The same man that used to pretend to be so nice. And he loved the prime minister, he loved the country. He's extremely insultive. And he also doesn't look like many of us here. So it, there is an element, in my view, of racist connotation. 
And I have a problem with this. Because I haven't lived in the United States and watched racism. Best remember, I said, I'm sure you're aware of something called baseball. One strike, two strikes, the third strike, what? You out. So this resignation, you see them, Mr. Speaker, is because he knows that he was out because he did it a third time. So what they say in, 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 in our local palace? Take in front before in front take you. Resigning his position, but he's still an investor. He's now trying to sell his investment. Well, I don't know how smart that man could be. You still have investment on the ground because it, some investors, you owe them because you have accepted their money. And you want to sell, but you, you, you got into this big public spot. Okay. What are your thoughts on the Prime Minister's <laughs> <laughs> statement in Parliament? Now, first of all, I would like to say to all investors, especially the foreign investors, <clears throat> and to potential foreign investors, that the utterances of the Prime Minister does not reflect the, the views the thinking and the attitudes of the people of Grenada. As most of you would observe when you come to Grenada, you meet an open, friendly, hospitable, welcoming people who rarely see human beings rather than skin tone. Yeah. We don't see That's... that. You, you become one of us very quickly. Well, this has always Once been you, what yeah, Grenada represented. Yeah, you come into our this country, why you contribute. I was a little bit shocked as to why he would pull the race card. It was just was no need for disgusting it. and unbecoming of the leader of our country. And I think Prime Minister Mitchell needs to, on this one, he needs to apologize. He needs to tender an apology to the people of Grenada because he speaks on our behalf when he stands up in the parliament. Absolutely. He speaks on our behalf and um, and... His words go out there. And the thing is that those, those xenophobic and racist hmm. comments of his do not reflect how the people of Grenada feel about people of other hues and colors and definitely how we feel about foreign investors. Absolutely. Because we appreciate, this, this we appreciate quite, that this, this is all shocking. part of our economic, our economic this... landscape. This is why I no. had to read Mr. Newfield's letter over and over to try to figure out in there where did he accuse or make the statement that he is asking for leadership change in Grenada. No, you know, um, uh, that, that uh, is... I mean, this is so listen, absurd. Uh, from one, from one day, the letter says the man is a citizen of Grenada. Another citizen of Grenada, he has certain... Fundamental well, rights. Well, he has the right. He has the right, right to point to out all these things. Right, and he has a right to criticize the government Precisely if he thinks so that they, as a citizen, he has a, every right to do that. Now, but this 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 situation here and Dr. Mitchell's response points to a bigger issue, mm -hmm. and that is the management and execution of the citizenship by mm -hmm. investment program. Right. Right. Again, he failed to deal with the real 
issue. He failed to deal with the real issues, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. That this whole situation flat. Now, first of all, Dr. Mitchell attempted to say that... Are you sure the recording? No, no, yeah. Yeah. Dr. Mitchell attempted to say mm-hmm. that... Um, Mr. Mr. Newfield, right, uh-huh. was has been committing infractions for a while, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, <laughs> after we've been through all of the various scams going back to Van Brink, Cozini, Eric, E.J. Miller, all these scams, right? Yeah. And then we had recently the fiasco up at St. Mark with the shrimp farm, hmm. where the investors made way with monies of people who are invested in the project and disappeared. Mm-hmm. Dr. Mitchell was suggesting in Parliament that Mr. Mr. Newfield was trying somehow to get back his 20% injection and he wasn't allowed. What, some kind of tie-up bring my rule story Dr. Mitchell was given. But the point is, if the CBI program is conducted in a transparent way, so that there's proper reporting to the parliament as right. originally intended by the act, right? Mm-hmm. And the people of Grenada can scrutinize who are investing into the country, right? right. What they are investing, mm-hmm. how their investment will impact us. We wouldn't have, you wouldn't have this, he, he's given a side and the investor is given a side and he's making all kind of allegations. I mean, who, who are we supposed to believe? We, we're supposed to just believe Dr. Mitchell? Well, his record certainly would not allow anyone to. I mean, so what we, what we had, <clears throat> from the time the CBI Act was passed, there have been about eight or so amendments mm-hmm. where all the checks and balances that were originally inserted yeah. into the Act mm-hmm. as it was first um, yeah. taken to the Parliament in mid or late 2013, Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. By April 2014, they started with these amendments. And I have them here, and I counted about eight or so. And yeah. all the checks and balances. The first thing they did, they did was to remove the part that required the publication of the names, addresses, occupations, right. and nationalities of, of the investors. Mm-hmm. Right? So we don't know what's going on. There's no proper reporting or no reporting at all on the, on the um, amounts recovered, recovered yeah. from the program. Mm-hmm. What's in the National Transformation Fund? What projects are these monies spent on, right? Yeah. Um, nothing, nothing. So, so we really don't know, right? So you have an opaque CBI program, and there's indication that all is not well in the CBI, in the CBI program because recently you've had some high-profile departures. Yep. From there, you've had the CEO, Mr. Well, Percival Clowden. Well, prior to him, there was a Mr. Anthony from Antigua. Right. There was, a, there was an earlier, and we don't know. Nobody don't knew know the why. reason why. Then we have Mr. Clowden disappearing. Well, Anselm Clowden's brother. Yes, Percival yes, Clowden. Percival. And um, we have Mr. Diali resigning right. as chairman mm-hmm. of the board. So that, pro, that whole program suggests that there's some degree of instability going on there. Well, right? it is alleged that there is a high-profile person on the board that who is calling the shots and is dictating who goes who stays and what happens well that's not good 
it's see, not one, good at all. Yeah, one person shouldn't be calling the shots. One person, and that person is not even the and, chairman. And there, there are some chair, other, there are some other board members who resigned in the early days. I think Mr. Holcoff, the mm-hmm. accountant, was on the board early. He resigned. Um, there are some. I believe I'm not sure. I believe that I have a colleague who was also a former senator that resigned. <clears throat> right. So um, there has been some instability going on with that CBI program. And coupled with the opaque legislation where mm-hmm. we, the people, we do not know what's going on with our country well, and what is happening that will bring us into disrepute. You talk right? about who's investing the in amendments to the legislation. And I go back, therefore, to the shrimp farm mm-hmm. where uh-huh. we lost $52.4 million. Mm-hmm. And it is for the said reason that these monies were not placed into proper escrow mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. where the government of Grenada has signatory to it. These deposits were allowed to go straight into overseas accounts of these so-called investors. Right, and Terry, the first... So I'm wondering whether they got one strike two strike or three strike. Exactly. I don't know how, <laughs> I wonder how, how many, many strikes chances they got. they got that allowed them. They got so yeah. many chances they were allowed to go with all the money. Exactly. Um, and the, In the addition to it, which, the report of investigation is nowhere to be heard. <laughs> the investigation promised. Yeah. Nowhere to be heard. But the, the thing about it, though, is that in the original draft of the CBI Act, the monies, the monies recovered or recouped not recouped, the money is raised mm-hmm. by investors, yeah. right? People who own the projects from, from the smaller investors. Yeah. Those monies were to be put in an escrow account in Grenada. Yeah, yeah, that's right. That part of the legislation was removed. Exactly. To allow for what happened with the shrimp with farm. With the shrimp farm, right? precisely. Then even listening to Dr. Mitchell himself in the parliament, it points to lax procedures and lax application of the law. It suits his agenda. Because what do you mean by he didn't come up with all the money or he tried to, to um, recover it from, from other investors and he, he tried? What, what do you mean by that? Do you have procedures in place or not? <laughs> do we have regulations in place or not that these investors must follow? And who is to know that he is speaking the truth? Well, we don't know. We absolutely do not know. Because the story sounds so tired. His version sounds so tired, right? He need, that was an opportunity for, for Dr. Mitchell to give us an idea. So what's going on with this CBI program? Speak to the recent um, resignations. Why you're giving the other question is if this gentleman, as you see, has been committing infractions, why you have to give him three chances? Precisely. The law is the law. And, why, why and we, it is especially to be, and when it our country to be could, to be, could be brought into disrepute. Mm-hmm. What is this three stripes on your outing? That's, that's what the, um, yeah. the Clintons did in the 1990s. Yeah, to, that to, is U.S. baseball yeah. rules. Yeah, you, well, you, you yeah. spoke about baseball, yeah. but we don't play baseball here. Precisely. We don't play baseball here. <laughs> we know, we know you, break, you break the law once you go to jail. Amen. Right? So if, if it is that this, this gentleman had a tendency... As Dr. Mitchell says, and I don't take Dr. Mitchell's word for it one minute, not one minute. But if this if this guy has a, had a tendency to deviate from the regulations, why is he still why was he still holding our passport? Absolutely. Right? And why why allow him to resign? So if he didn't resign, if he didn't tender that resignation letter, we would hear nothing. Everything would just go under the table. Mm-hmm. 
And now that raises another question. What about Charles Lu and these other guys? Have their diplomatic passports been well revoked? One, two, three strikes. <laughs> I guess Charles Lu did have one strike. <laughs> but that was a big strike, you know. <laughs> Major strike. So, I, I mean, I think Dr. Mitchell ought to do better. He's been around for too long. For some of our young people in Grenada, he's the only prime minister they've known. And it, is, it was very distasteful mm -hmm. and disgusting. I was really disgusted to hear our prime minister descend to that level, right? Bringing yeah. bring xenophobic <laughs> and racist yeah. tones, not even undertones, just plain that, tones. That was really Into the whole thing. You know, how, how, yeah. how do you then go and face other investors? Precisely. Who are not... Who are not of our color. You know, this, this, want, is, I mean, it's just totally this is gross misrepresentation by any leader. Mm -hmm. Gross misrepresentation. Mm -hmm. You know, how do you go out there now and seek new investors? Your representatives out there. Mm -hmm. Once an investor plays back that recording in his ear, he has to just put his tail underneath mm -hmm. and run. Mm -hmm. And you know, I saw this one. This is highly of, irresponsible. I saw one of our Grenadians living in the diaspora saying, "You know, this this made him feel so badly because there he is a Grenadian, born Grenadian, moved to another country, has acquired citizenship in that country, mm -hmm. and and um, has been told a lot of times, you know, foreign, you're foreign, go back in your country, whatnot. But he knows he has his right to speak on on mm -hmm. matters of national interest when." politicians say something or do something he doesn't like, he has a right to speak. He Not says, true. you know what, he puts himself in the position of this investor. Yeah. Because he himself is a Grenadian who has acquired citizenship in another country. Absolutely. And knows what it's like to be discriminated against because you're not a born... Yeah. Whatever you are, yeah. born lots, Grenadian. Lots of born. Grenadians fit into that category. So, you know, um, I, I it don't... Is sad. Dr. Mitchell was somewhat losing it, but no, he, I think he needs to apologize to the Grenadian to. people. He needs to. On he this matter, to. we can't. This is not the message we want to be sending to our young people. For our young people, our young people need to know that it is not okay for our leaders to be speaking um, in that kind of language, um, and it is quite okay for a citizen or a non-national for that matter, because in Grenada, our constitution guarantees the rights to every person, every person. in Grenada. Yep. It, you don't have to be a Grenadian. Once yep. you're on Grenadian soil, then you're entitled. you have all the constitutional rights yep. that, are, that are enshrined in our constitution. And that includes criticizing a government, and even, although the gentleman didn't do that in the letter, but even calling for a change of government, if yep. you feel that's what should happen. Absolutely. He has that Absolutely right. So every indeed. person in Grenada has that right. <laughs> Absolutely. So, so it, it was totally, totally distasteful. But on the other hand, mm -hmm. um, if this gentleman may had, let's say, done something wrong legally with respect to the CBI, it is not Dr. Mitchell to bring it to his attention. It is the CBI well. who has to file the appropriate report to the appropriate authorities. But the thing about it, Terry, um, everything that we've seen playing out in relation to that CBI program suggests that things are not 
being done the way they should be. Too many, mm. too many unexplained and sudden departures from the board, from the CBI office, right? Too many, too many um, dark corners in terms of how yeah. the legislation is now set up with all the changes that have been made. We do not, we do not know what's going on, and the sense we have is that this program is not is not handled with the due diligence and care that it should be. So, so um, I am not surprised. I will not be surprised to learn that people are not complying with the regulations in the way that they should. If the shrimp farm people were complying with the regulations, the investors' money mm. would not have disappeared. Yeah, right? absolutely. And certainly. I mean, as Dr. Mitchell himself said, I want to know from Dr. Mitchell why, if what you are saying is true, why give this man three chances, but, considering our experience with the offshore banking Mitchell sector? But Dr. Mitchell is not the law. But I don't understand. <laughs> because he said he called a Zoom meeting, right? <laughs> yep. He said, look, you know, like a big stick. Yeah. He even called the commissioner, you yeah. know. <laughs> he is not the law. <laughs> so he can't give nobody one, two, three chances? No, but listen, if you listen to Dr. Mitchell and uh, just his tour wow. yesterday, it's, <clears throat> you can tell that everything is centered around, around him. him. Yeah. Everything is centered around him. Oh, yeah. And that is one of the, the characteristics of a dictator. Dictatorship. Yeah, dictatorship. Is, that is clear. Everything is centered around one man. He doesn't like, he doesn't like um, the description, dictatorship, but the more, you, the, the more you describe him, the more that word keeps coming yeah. to mind. Absolutely. You know? Absolutely. I mean, how can you as Prime Minister stand in the Parliament and say that you gave someone who broke the law three chances? <laughs> so what about the average young man down the street who go and steal somebody mango mm -hmm. and he gets locked up? He ain't and get no see, chance. And you see, that's the kind of thing that causes our young people to, to have the view or to form the view that there are one set of rules yeah. for them. Exactly. And another set of rules for other people. Exactly. So there's a strong sentiment in the country yeah. that there's inequality yeah. of treatment before the law and before the authorities. And what applies to, to, to the person in, in four <coughs> roads mm -hmm. may not apply <laughs> to the person, say, in Westerhall Point. Yeah. No, it's and it's a inequality. strong sentiment that's out there. Yeah. Because if you, have, if you have, as you say, um, CBI regulations and procedure. I don't know if Dr. Mitchell. I, that, that is why I don't believe what Dr. Mitchell says, right? That this man was was breaching the the regulations and he called him once and he called a Zoom meeting and he did it a third time. And the gentleman said, "What since 2019? Mm -hmm. Who said 2019? Dr. Mitchell or the gentleman? No, the gentleman. Yeah. Right. So the the relationship has been on the rocks since yeah. 2019. Now, if Dr. Mitchell had a strong feeling or had information or evidence that this man was not good for us, was not a good investor for the country. Why Why keep him in 2021 now? Why is he yeah. still around? Why is he still around to make the first move? Were you going to pull his ambassadorship if he didn't resign? Yeah, that's most... <laughs> this whole situation is most unfortunate for Grenada. This, is, this doesn't reflect us, and I think I made that, that yes. point strongly enough. And, of course, it does not reflect the sentiments of the National Democratic Congress Obviously Party. not. It's, Obviously uh, not. Um, the, NDC, the NDC will have a completely different um, attitude towards our investors. 
as we always had in fact um despite whatever spin and whatever and whatever misinformation that's put out there by the nnp when you look at the track record of the ndc mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. it is it is not an anti-investor party in government quite to the contrary local investors yeah. and <laughs> foreign investors right the last set of tax amnesty and incentives and so yeah. mm -hmm. the um the 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 investment the investment law yeah right in court that was right drafted. that was all yeah. under the the mm -hmm. ndc it was all of these things that caused the ndc to improve on the ease of doing business ranking yeah. if you were anti investor the ndc wouldn't be performing so well Precisely. that's that's the biggest indicator because yeah, there's the people doing business in grenada that's saying exactly <laughs> they're the one giving the reports they are the ones giving yeah. the reports mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um in the news this week it was reported that the the government and the unions are making progress with respect to the four percent mm -hmm. what are your thoughts on that particular matter and what would you like to see as the outcome to it well first of all we would like to see in the ndc we would like to see our hard-working teachers and public workers stop having to march up and down the street in the burning yeah, sun and the pouring rain that again is disgusting yeah. and a serious indictment on our yeah. government yeah. it's been months now they Absolutely. started what sometime in october there about marching yeah. or maybe even before yeah so it's been months almost seven been a long months, time right plus the process has been they're going on wet, for, for in very circle, long very time. very long right and um we we don't see why government cannot or has been unable to come to an amicable solution to this problem with our workers the workers in, in this country have always compromised <clears throat> on these matters. If you notice, when the NDC was in, was in office, there was, there was never any such issue. Nobody had a march on the street for their money. The, the, um, pre, the outgoing Dr. Mitchell's administration had signed a last-minute yeah. mm -hmm. um, election. Yeah, which placed them, NDC in right, a rather under an obligation precarious to pay. position. And the NDC did pay, despite mm -hmm. coming into office in the midst of the global economic crisis, yeah. the downturn of 2008 <laughs> and, and, and beyond, right? Mm -hmm. And so this is something that is, is untenable. So we are pleased to hear that progress is being made. I, I heard that the Minister of Labour is to give some ruling. Mm -hmm. I really don't know what ruling the Minister of Labour is going to give. <laughs> Honestly, Terry. Because there is a contract. There is a contract. There is a contract. And by, by a contract, it means an <laughs> obligation to except, pay. Except he, he plans to break the ruling. So I don't know what the Minister... What, I mean, even if the Minister rules that government has to pay, we know that already. What, what could the Minister really say? Uh, what, what, maybe the type... And method and manner of payment may well, be negotiated. Well, but he can't rule. He can't no, he make can't a ruling on that. That, that has, has to be a negotiated, negotiated arrangement. <laughs> exactly. exactly. So I do not know. I didn't quite understand the utility of the hearing yeah. before the minister. Yeah. And to me, that seems to me of the, that the unions are bending over backwards, engaging in all kind of other processes that, that legally they, they need not, or they could rightfully say we don't need to do this. Well, right, so I think they are bending over backwards to accommodate the government because I don't see why they have to entertain any hearing before the minister of labor unless there's something I'm 
Well, ignorant of. <laughs> I, would, I would certainly hope, uh, and I think that is the practice, that the unions will go back to its membership and discuss whatever final but, arrangements but Terry, may have been negotiated. Yeah. But Terry, you put forward some proposals that yeah. we endorsed um, in mm -hmm. our program last week, and we would, we would um, encourage government to have a look at that and develop it together yeah. with the unions mm -hmm. in a way that, that, um, that results in, in a happy place for everybody. Well, because, because one of the things government said after being forced to buy the shares in Greenwich is that they were going to make the shares available mm -hmm. to the people of Grenada. Yep. Here is an opportunity. You, mm -hmm. you are in a bind. You are saying you will pay, but you can't. The teachers and public workers need their money, right? And here's a proposal. You pay them half in cash, mm -hmm. right? And yep. the other half in an investment in the form of shares Absolutely. in Greenwich. Now, um, it depends, of course, on how the unions view that proposal. But personally, I find it quite an attractive one, which is why, um, and, so, and so does the, the party leader of the NDC and the other members of the NDC. And that's why we... we um, we endorsed your proposal, right. Terry. So it's something I, no. I hope to hear coming out of the final resolution of this of this matter. Now, if government comes out next week or whenever they do to state that they're now ready to settle by way of meeting the 4% payment, I want to strongly suggest to the unions and public servants that they insist upon the method I offered simply because they ain't going home with any pension package and that 2% investment will act somewhat as a pension for them. Rather than spending the money right now, invest it in Gremlet and create your own pension because you don't know when you're going to get any pension or if you're going to get a pension at all. Well, they have to get, a, they have to yeah, get their they, pension. They would have to get it, but when? Um, and I can tell you, under an NDC administration, we will work to ensure that the pension is paid because it's well, it's it's due. I am I am no? I am very certain of that. But I'm also very certain that it will be a magnanimous task, very it's, costly. But the no. parties must sit and start the process. Yes, it has process. to be something that must be resolved. Start because, the process because they are entitled to it under, under all of the law, the Absolutely. constitution, no less. Mm -hmm. But the other thing is that they, they if they the workers, the public workers, could say, "Look, we want all our cash. If government oh, yes. can come up with the oh, money, yes. mm -hmm. we want we want all our cash." Besides, they can say so. Grenlec is now under the control mm -hmm. of Gregory Boyne, which makes us very nervous, <laughs> right? And and they would be quite reasonable to mm -hmm. to take that posture, mm -hmm. right? But I think it it was it was a really commendable but, um, um, suggestion on your part. But the the, the company Grenlec should not stay in the hands of government for too long. Look at what has recently happened, mm -hmm. where the board was stacked with, with um, people who are sympathetic and otherwise loyal to the new national party. And there are some who, even if they may want to act responsibly, impassionately, mm -hmm. um, above board, that kind of thing, it may not be possible? Well, simply simply put, um, the majority of the individuals there, with all due respect to them, 
don't come from a background of electricity generation or power generation well, there's that in too. any type whatsoever. There's that too because... So even mm -hmm. with the best of intentions, mm -hmm. their lack of expertise in the field may cause them to take decisions that may not be in the best interest mm -hmm. of the company and the mm -hmm. country. Yeah, and, so, and of course not intentionally. So because, no. because the outgoing WRB guides were all... Guys with expertise, expertise in that in specific field, field. Yeah, production amazing. and generation and distribution mm -hmm. of electricity. Exactly. So um, that's a that's a concern that we have in the NDC. Mm. The board doesn't have the yeah. the depth of expertise yep. that is that is necessary, and and we are also concerned that um, about the potential for political interference into the operation of the company. Yep. Um, that's a big concern we have. And if the, the the shareholdership is changed, as the government promised it will, then that that um, concern mm -hmm. will be eliminated. Yep. Because of course the the directorship would reflect the shareholdership. Absolutely. You know? Let us move on to another item. Um, on the ground, and when I say on the ground, in the street corners, etc. A lot of young people are confused with respect to the statement coming out of government that they will decriminalize marijuana. And a lot of youth, young individuals, are of the false opinion that they can start growing and bringing in hundreds of pounds and so forth and start selling on the streets, etc., etc. I want you as a local attorney to explain the difference between decriminalization and legalization for the interests of these persons. Right. Um, you know, um, sometime last year, it was the NDC who raised this, yep. this issue and, and suggested that the government take a look at the CARICOM report mm -hmm. and implement some of the recommendations in it. And among the recommendations, the recommendations dealt with decriminalization of marijuana in small quantities for yeah. personal, use, personal use. And then, of course, the whole aspect of legalization. Right? Now, mm -hmm. decriminalization, what it does is that it allows persons, mm -hmm. it, allow, it allows people to carry small quantities, right? Mm -hmm. Two ounces, three ounces in some cases, of marijuana for personal and recreational use yeah so like a cigarette mm -hmm. right or two right and that is so to 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 walk around with a two spliff or so yeah. when decriminalization takes place that no longer will not be a crime so the police can't stop you for a spliff or two depending on the amount the law yeah. the law allows Prescribe, yeah. legalization is is a is a different and bigger issue Legalization is what would allow you to produce, mm -hmm. to process, to grow, and and to um, export marijuana products, that kind mm -hmm. of thing. Yeah. So decriminalization does not allow you to grow or produce or process. And start selling over town. No, and start, <laughs> or, or sell, right, yeah. right? That, that that has to come with legalization. Exactly. And and I, I'm not hearing the government saying that they're going... They're not explaining that situation well, I don't purposely. Think, well, I'll tell you something. The last time I heard the minister, my good friend Peter David, try to explain <laughs> the difference. I sat on my living room chair and I had a good laugh because I realized 
he didn't know the difference himself. <laughs> <laughs> so he was he was being himself, you know, trying to gloss Beat it over. Bush. Yeah, but it, it was not him. He didn't. He didn't quite. It wasn't clear to him the difference. I'm sure it is now because that was early. Yeah. When we raised it at first. Mm-hmm. Are there any closing remarks? No, no, not not anything that I can think of. Just to say thank you for having me on again, and it's always a pleasure. Okay. You know, well, and I'll be back here again. You know, you have an open. You can invite me anytime. Thank you very much indeed. <laughs> and um, before I close off, let me invite you and others. the The South Constituency Branch is hosting uh, holding a meeting at the Limes on Wednesday. Okay, yes. Starting yes, at 7 p.m. And we'd like you to be one of the speakers to talk primarily on this issue of the difference between decriminalization and legalization okay. no of marijuana. That, so that the youth and the public can get a clear understanding. Pleasure. And I'll make sure to Very tell good. Peter David to listen. Well, he can come on down too. <laughs> he can come. He, he's a fellow from the South. He can come to the meeting. <laughs> he's from the South? Of course. He come and tell people he's from town, you know. Well, you all over. <laughs> he's a Grenadian then. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you very much. we catch right. up again. Okay. Okay. Here now is former Prime Minister Tillman Thomas. The PM response to the resignation of Ambassador Newfield raises the issue of trust in the governance process in Grenada. The PM is the principal trustee to the people of Grenada in government. And if an ambassador is under investigation, the PM has an obligation to inform the nation because it is the nation's interest that is at stake. To wait until the ambassador tenders his resignation and accuse the government of not upholding the rule of law to inform the nation is a great deficit in governance. We did not have to wait for Ambassador Newfield to tell us that the Kit Mitchell-led NMP administration does not respect the rule of law. We already knew that, and the evidence is there in the Gemma Bain Thomas case and also the Dorset Charles case. The most callous disregard for the rule of law is to ignore the judgment of the court. It is somewhat strange that the PM took issue with a non-Grenadian calling for a change of administration in Grenada. But it's nothing wrong with a non-Grenadian calling for the privatization of the Morris Bishop International Airport. As a nation, we must be concerned about any investigation initiated by the Keith Mitchell-led administration. We should be wary about that CBI investigation because an investigation was promised into the Shrimp Farm scandal and up to this date, we have not heard anything. The time has come for us as a people to take a stand against the NNP and the ghost investigators in handling the people's affairs. Grenada deserves a real government that will appoint real investigators to deal with the people's business. Drink some ginger, wear your mask, look sanitizer. Squeeze lime in a little honey, add turmeric to boost your immunity. Wear your mask, is the best thing. Wear your mask, keep sanitizing. So when you're ready and you feel okay, take your vaccine right away. This has been a public service announcement from the National Democratic Congress. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen, for being part of the program and uh, show. Look forward to having you next week again. <music>